Hi, welcome back to the As You Are podcast. We are in part three of our study of the book of James, and today we're talking about chapter one, verses 19 through the end of chapter one, and then chapter two, verses one through 13. This is really, really good stuff. This is my personal favorite right now, so I can't wait to dive in with y'all. Hi, welcome back. We're in part three of the book of James. It's been about two weeks, kind of really, really simmering on all of chapter one. Mm -hmm. And it's really coming to life for me. And I'm super excited to talk about the second half of chapter one and the first half of chapter two today. But before we do, let's do a heart check. How are you doing, Anna? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited to dive in a little bit more to the book of James. I've always really loved this book, but it's been fun studying it and really trying to like chew on the words and like understand what he's saying rather than just reading and being like, huh, all right, well, cool. Um, got it. Check. Move on. Totally. Which is kind of what you're going to talk about today. Yeah. To like not just chewing on it and then moving on with your day trying to like actually absorb it but yeah feeling good Good. feeling like it's january (laughs) i know i know um i have been feeling very convicted by james in a really positive way excited to apply what i'm learning and i've been finding lots of good opportunities to apply what i'm learning so that Mm. has been encouraging, especially because we're talking about it with our Bible studies and I get to talk about it with you here on the podcast. It gives, it sheds a lot more light on the different opportunities to follow God instead of following like my impulses. I was telling um, a friend this morning at coffee that my keys have my wallet clipped to him and mm-hmm. Michael and I share our cars. So sometimes Michael will take my car and take your wallet. He takes my wallet. <laughs> and so maybe about 3 billion times I've, this has happened. And then I'll be like, man, if you take my cars or any way, you could just leave my wallet. And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then he takes it again. <laughs> and yeah. so today he took it again and I was meeting a friend for coffee and I needed my wallet. But yesterday I was studying in James, which is what we're about to get to because this part is so interesting to me. But James was talking about taming the tongue and about being slow to anger. In the Bible study book that I'm reading about James, she referenced a bunch of different proverbs that were also about Mm -hmm. the same thing. And one of them was, I mean, they were all about being slow to speak But one was about, like, being not easily offended. Like, it's wise to not be easily offended or, like, to jump to conclusions. And so, you know, I was on the phone with Michael. I was like, I need my wallet. He said, I'll bring it to you to the coffee place. And I wanted to launch into a speech about how he needs to (laughs) never do this again. And the first thing I thought was... Be slow to speak and and don't be easily offended. Like, yeah, no need. And so I just told myself to shut up and I said, thank you for bringing my keys. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, opportunities abound every day. 
And it's so cool. Like that's exactly why we should be reading scripture and like digging into the word because it really does impact our day-to-day lives. Like, yeah. That's such an easy, tangible example of it can feel sometimes when you're reading the Bible like, okay, am I even going to remember this? But like the Holy Spirit is alive and at work in our hearts and he was going to bring those scriptures to mind like yes. in real life situations so he totally it is does. worth it keep reading your bible keep studying scripture because you will see a difference in how you live your life you absolutely will and i'm really excited to dive into both of these subjects that we're going to talk about today um one of them is about being slow to speak um quick to listen slow to anger and we're also going to talk about judgmental attitudes towards Mm -hmm. people. I think it's Mm -hmm. really, really interesting and convicting, like a great reminder. And so before we do that, I just want to say a quick prayer and then we'll dive in. God, we love you. And we're asking for you to reveal to us what you want us to know about you and about what it looks like to walk with you through studying your word today. And I pray that you would make it practical and helpful. We do pray for the wisdom to walk through whatever we're walking through today with your perspective. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I am going to read the first part of what we're going to talk about today. It's James chapter 1, and it's verses 19 through 27. Um, We typically read from the ESV, I think, but I have the NIV in front of me right now, so that's what we're going to be reading from. My dear brothers and sisters... Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. It is so good. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. I'm going to read chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 in just a minute. But first, we're going to pause and talk about that while it's fresh. So, this has been so convicting to me, y'all. Oh, my gosh. I am, I don't know, you may have even been able to pick up on this through listening to our podcast, but I'm a think-on-my-feet kind of person and have usually in my life been quick to speak, slow to listen, quick to anger. Mm-hmm. I'm learning now, which is, seems so silly to learn this so late, but I'm starting to really internalize that what it means to 
be wise and, and walk with God is to choose his way. Yeah. I love that James is saying what's actually wise and what actually is godly here is to be intentionally slow to speak, intentionally quick to listen, and slow to anger. Oh, and then it says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And the Bible study that I'm reading that helps me kind of go deeper in James is by a woman named Lydia Brownback. If anyone wants to order a little extra help, Lydia Brownback, James Walking in Wisdom, in her series on these different books of the Bible is called the Flourish Bible Study, F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H. But one of the things that she said that helped me was anytime you see the word therefore in scripture, you want to take a closer look. Like the author is connecting this and so that. It's like a cause and effect or like an action step. And so the way that she said it was, if you see it, therefore, you want to see what it's there for. That's funny. I love that. (laughs) I like it too because it just makes you remember it. But basically, James is describing our nature Mm -hmm. because we're all naturally like slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to anger, probably. That's our sin in us. And he's describing that as like, you need to take that. And put it away. You need to like take it off if you're looking at it like clothes. (laughs) And you need to put on the righteousness of God. Specifically, he says, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And so I dove in deeper to what the implanted word means. (laughs) And Lydia Brownback referenced uh, some scripture where basically God is making a promise with this new covenant through Jesus that it's not just about obeying the law and that's what makes you clean and that's what makes you close to God. But now God is with us and within us. And the Holy Spirit that we have in us is like an implanted, like think about literally a plant. There's like a seed planted in you by God. You have the opportunity to water and nurture and grow within you. And it gives you the strength and the power to walk with God, to obey him, to hear his voice. It's like the Holy Spirit can grow in you. God's presence in you can grow, but God's the one that planted it there. And I like the way that there's a very clear opportunity for us to participate or not. Like we either participate in helping grow this within us or like we don't water it and we don't fertilize it and it doesn't grow. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I love it so much because we've been talking about this through the study of James, but it's it's so easy to believe in order to be a good Christian, I need to already know the answers, already know what to do and be like good already, seem perfect already, whatever. But James is being really, really clear that we're going to have this like nature in us that is sinful and we're going to have to intentionally and often take it back off (laughs) and put back on like who God is calling us to be through 
receiving with meekness is like another word for like gentleness or humility, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The next verse is verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. There's two things that have stood out to me so much, the implanted word and the mirror. Because I never knew this. I never like picked up on this. The mirror is a metaphor for God's word. Yeah. So what they're saying is if you look at God's word and you feel encouraged, you feel convicted, it reveals things to you about yourself that you need to do to like draw nearer to God or to more align with his perspectives. And then you walk away, like maybe you have, you read the Bible like on a Sunday and then by Thursday or whatever, you may have forgotten (laughs) what you read and who like God's calling you to be and what it looks like to nurture the Holy Spirit in you. So you might act totally differently than you want to because you're not continually dwelling on the word of God. Yeah. And so it's like a encouragement to keep coming to this and let it be a mirror for you. Let it reveal the things to you that you need to work on and that God's doing to transform you in your life and keep coming back to it daily. Yeah. I do love that we're encouraged to not let his word just like slip from our hearts and our minds because it is so easy to do. And James is almost like, we all know what we look like. You know, think about looking yeah. in the mirror. You know what you look like because you've looked at yourself enough throughout your life that you know exactly what you look like. He's almost like highlighting the fact that you don't do that. Like you don't look in the mirror and forget what you look like because that's would be silly. Like... Right. So don't do that with scripture. Don't like let don't read it and then forget it. Like find ways to meditate on it throughout the day. Kind of like what we said last week with picking a scripture verse and writing it down and like Yeah. Um I do think it's just so important because if not, if we are just reading the Bible, even like even if you're having a quiet time every day and you're reading the Bible every morning, chances are by 4 p.m. you're not still dwelling on (laughs) what you read this morning. At least I'm not. And so like how I'm not either. How can we create checkpoints throughout our day to check back in with what we with our like what we learned this morning? You know, look at ourselves in the mirror again, I guess is what he's trying to say. But like just remember, remember what we learned. Yes, that's so important. I don't know about y'all, but I'm so forgetful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so it's just is a it's so important to keep coming back to it as much as we can. Um, my parents' pastor said something that I think is a really practical application for like walking throughout your day with God. And he he makes it a little rhyme, pray your way through your day. <laughs> but it's a really good reminder that they can be tiny prayers, any type of prayer. But just through your whole day, remember that you can talk to God And that's a really good way to remind yourself what, like if you read your Bible in the morning and then you pray away through your day being like, God, just continue to give me wisdom. Or, I mean, we're going to talk about this in a minute when it comes to judging other people. But yeah, continue to like humble my heart, continue to 
put love in my heart. And that's just your only prayer. It's just really short. Or God, let me get to class on time. Like, I don't know what you need to pray. (laughs) But like, I just think praying your way through your day is a great way to stay connected with him. I love also the fact that he's encouraged us earlier in chapter one to ask for wisdom and God gives generously. So he'll give it that to us. But then also like he kind of follows it with be slow to quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to be angry in my own life. The people that I consider the wisest are those that are exactly that. Like they, they might not yep. say much. And so then when they do talk, you're, you really want to listen because what they have to share, you know, is important and that it's really wise. And I can think of like different mentors I've had along the way and maybe like confiding in them on certain subjects. And they always like think like you can see them almost like, pondering what you've told them before Mm -hmm. they say anything um and I I don't know if that's them like checking in with God like sometimes if Mm -hmm. I'm talking to somebody who's walking through something as they're talking like just trying to pray like okay Lord like help me have the right words to share help me not just respond out of my emotions like what does this person need to hear from you I think that's a really beautiful thing to pray. Like if you're walking through something with a friend, if if your friend and her boyfriend just broke up and you like our natural gut reaction is to be like, boo, we hate him. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's the worst. And like there's definitely a time for that for sure. But also just trying to think about like, okay, what does your friend like need to hear right now? Like what would right. be encouraging and helpful and life-giving and what is wise to share and what is not wise to share. So that's like a tangible, easy way to try and think through like, what does it look like to be slow to speak? You know, just take it, take a second. (laughs) We don't have to respond right away. Like you can, you can think on it. We're so taught to like fill the silence Mm -hmm. and to feel uncomfortable with silence. And so that's a lot of times what makes us jump to start speaking. One thing I want to say before I read the first part of chapter two is that I've noticed multiple times that he's mentioned the word, don't be deceived or don't deceive yourselves. And I, I just want to pull that out and remind all of us that sometimes we are our biggest enemy in this. Like we allow ourselves to be deceived. And I think there's a reason why all this is coming right after the section and it's chapter one, verse 14 about temptation and sin, because there is this sin in us that Satan is going to try to manipulate us into thinking the wrong things and doing the wrong things and not trusting God. And so it's just such a encouraging thing to study this stuff as a Bible study, be really honest and open and enter into these discussions with your Bible study girls, then you're walking through this together. And in moments where you're being tempted or where you're like tempted to deceive yourself and think something that's not true about God or not true about yourself or not true about your situation, you have other people pointing you to the truth. So I think that's a big part of it too, is like we are intended to walk in our faith in community and obviously with God. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I'm going to read... James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. 
My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers. Has God not chosen those who are poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. But if you show partiality... You are committing sin, and you're convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. So speak, and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a fun one to read about. Um, when I was reading it the last few days, I was like, okay, this is like, it's kind of heavy. But I think sometimes when we read the Bible, like the wording isn't necessarily how we talk. And so it can feel almost like stuffy and hard to understand. There's lots of different things we can pull out from this passage. But I think the most important part is... And it's highlighted actually in verse um, 8, love your neighbor as yourself, which is James is calling the royal law. And the reason he's calling that is because in Matthew 22, the Pharisees are trying to trick, trick Jesus and they're asking him what's the greatest law because in the Old Testament, there's like, a, there's so many laws. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. There's so <laughs> many, so, so, so Hundreds. many like do this and don't do this and do this and don't do this and don't hate your neighbor, don't murder your neighbor and don't sleep with your brother's wife and all these things. Um, And so the Pharisees are asking like, all right, well, which one is the most important? Because it seems like an impossible question to answer. Like how, how do you pick one? And Jesus summarizes every single one of the laws into this one statement. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. James is reminding us not to show favoritism. He's saying just because somebody is rich, don't like favor them more than a poor person. But then he's bringing us back to what Jesus says is love your neighbor as yourself. And ultimately, like if we're actually loving people, we're naturally not going to show favoritism. We're not going to judge people because that's not looking at people with a heart of love. It can feel really hard and complicated. And in all honesty, like reading this and the end part where it says something about like, um, for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Right. So it's talking about like, if we if we're just judging people and showing no mercy, like we're gonna be judged with no mercy. And that like reading that, I'm like, wow, there are definitely times in my life when I'm just judging people and I'm not showing any yeah. type of mercy or any type of love. And even if we don't say it out loud. Yeah, even if we don't say it out loud. And the reality is like we are we're all sinners and I think 
I know that God knows that and he loves us. And the important part is like, what does our heart look like after we have recognized, oh, wow, I was just really judging that person. Like, are we able to recognize the judgment and ask God to forgive us and like maybe even ask that person to forgive us? Or are we just saying like, well, whatever, like I judge them, but like God loves me anyways. Um, I think that is like a really big heart difference. It's like, we're all going to judge people. We're human. We're sinful. Like, obviously we should strive not to, we shouldn't just be okay with judging people. But in the moment when we realize like, Ooh, I was being mean to that person or I was not loving that person well, like what are our hearts doing? In that moment. Yeah. And I think James knew, like, at the beginning of chapter two, how he's saying, like, don't don't show favoritism to somebody just because they're rich. Like, he knows our hearts. And ultimately, like, maybe it's not, like, if you're listening to this and you're in college, maybe it's not literal wealth. But, like, maybe it's somebody who's really popular in a sorority or has something that you want. Ultimately, like, that's kind of what James is saying is, like, don't show favoritism to somebody because they have something you want. Like our hearts really, when we're doing that is we're trying to get something from that person. Like we want to be their friend or we want, and maybe the reason we want to be their friend is because they're cool. And we think then we'll be cool. I don't know. But showing and extending love to people should not be based off of what we can receive from Mm -hmm. them. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus loved us. And we literally sent him to the cross. Like that's he, and he's the example of perfect love, which was asking nothing in return. Like he's just asking for us to love him back. Um, so yeah. Um, one thing, the part where it says to keep oneself unstained from the world, I think it ties in really well with what you said about, um, people who you think you can gain something from. Um, our friend Lydia, (laughs) who wrote this book, wrote something really good. I felt like I, this is so helpful. So it says unstained from the world and like the world is the key word here. It's really the mentality and the values that exist in our world, yeah. first and foremost, they're selfish. It's like an ambition. And the way that Lydia Brownback put it was, um, this term is used for a pursuit of fleshly gratification, getting all we can out of what this world has to offer, and a, ultimately a rejection of God's ways. So like, whether or not it's easy to see it, the things that the world says are important and will like make you happy are so often if not always the opposite of what god says will make us happy yeah it's like the world versus the word right yeah like the word of god versus the world which is like society around us yeah and pressures and yeah that's so good i'm gonna type that as a keyword (laughs) the world versus the word it's a tongue twister and it's important. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys talk about in your Bible studies and what stands out to you in these verses because these are the things that stood out to us. 
these are the things that we focused in on, but there's so many other things that the Lord may be showing y'all individually. And I just think it's a really good encouragement to all of us to keep coming back to the word, meditate on it, and let it be that mirror that makes us more like God and encourages us to walk with God and have his perspective. No matter what you took from it, I just hope that you enjoy discussing it with your Bible study, or maybe if you're not in a Bible study and you're just listening in with us, like find somebody that you can chat with about this. I think it'd be helpful and interesting. And that's all I got. No, no need to keep saying and. <laughs> we are going to be back next week, uh, finishing up chapter two of James and diving a little bit into chapter three. Um, we're really excited. We hope y'all continue to follow along. We'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.